at least a day is coming. Um, sometimes you have to wait for something good. I can't go back in the past, but I can certainly look at present day and future. Well, we've known about the negative impacts of social media for years now. I think we have all been slow to act on that. Kids being exploited, kids being bullied, adults being harassed. I mean, there are some positive things about social media, but boy, there are an awful lot of destructive things too that we put up with. Well, now the Liberal government thinks that it can do something to mitigate those harms. It is proposing something called the Online Harms Act. And to learn more about it, we are joined now by the Federal Justice Minister Verani. Uh, Minister Verani, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. What is the Online Harms Act? What will it do? So fundamentally, it's about sort of two com- concepts. One is about protecting children, and the second piece is about empowering adults. And I think you really addressed it when we talked about sort of who is able to participate in online spaces safely right now. Yesterday at the press conference when we launched this bill, you heard some very compelling testimony from a black woman in uh, Montreal and the kind of invective and abuse she faced, which really chilled her participation in the online space. What we're trying to do is empower that participation in a safe manner by identifying what we see as harmful content. And then there's two sort of categories there. There's content that we feel has no place being online in Canada. Uh, and that is content that sexually exploits a child or the non-consensual sharing of an intimate image, what people uh, know or know as revenge porn. For the other five areas of content, whether that's an incitement to violence, incitement to terrorism, hatred, things like bullying a child, uh, inducing a child to commit self-harm, those are areas that we feel need to be addressed but we're looking at a model whereby the platforms will provide a safety plan that says, here's how we're going to identify the risks, here's how we're going to try and reduce those risks for our users, and we're going to report back to this new commissioner and indicate how it's, how it's going and get guidance from the commissioner about things that need to be enhanced or things that need to be curtailed. Because it's sensitive, but we're trying to get the balance right, and we're also learning from international examples about what looks like an overreach and also what needs to be included. Right. That's how we've crafted the bill. How are you going to get the social media companies, though, to go along with this? Because that is not something that they seem to be willing to do, even in the United States that has tried to apply pressure to get them to do this. How, how is Canada going to get them to do this? Well, I mean, we're, we're also benefiting from the fact that we're not the only country that's waded into this, right? There's about five or six different jurisdictions, Germany, Australia, the UK, France, that have entered into this area, and that's why we're learning from their example. I think social media companies are getting a strong direction, particularly from Western democracies, that the current status quo is not working. And the basic idea is that we know what drives the bottom line for these companies. It is basically clicks or eyeballs on screens that generate ad revenue. So they've got a financial imperative, and that's how they're operating. What we're saying is that that cannot be your only priority. Your equal priority must be the safety of Canadians. We're saying that we want them to work with us. We want them to establish these safety plans. We want them to adhere to these safety plans. If they do not adhere to either Canadian law or their own sets of rules or both, there's going to be consequences, and that's entrenched in this legislation. You may have noted in what we tabled yesterday, there are administrative penalties that touch as much as 6% of global revenue or $10 million, whichever is higher. And if there's an order that an offense has occurred under this legislation, the the penalty can reach 8% of global revenues. That's going to get the attention of these platforms and induce some of that compliance. 
Right. There is a five-member digital safety commission as part of this. So who will those people be? Like, who gets to decide what is harmful and, and what is not? Yeah, that's a really pivotal question. And on the, on the commission itself, what's really critical is that we know that we need to not only pass this law and establish that commission, but Canadians in Vancouver and right across the country need to have confidence in that commission. The chief commissioner will be decided upon by a vote in the House of Commons and in the Senate. So Canadians, through their elected representatives, have a say in who that person will be. We want them to have confidence in that person's integrity, professionalism, and objectivity. That's fundamental. What's really important also is that the decision-making is ultimately for the courts. And we know Canadians have confidence in our administration of justice. And what I mean by that is that an initial decision gets made by Facebook. That decision gets reviewed by the Digital Safety Commissioner who feels it needs to be tailored or altered. They issue an order. The order by the Digital Safety Commission is ultimately reviewable in a court of law. So the courts of law in this country are the final determiners, the final adjudicators about something that is as sensitive as what constitutes hatred. And also importantly, I really want to express this to the folks in BC, is that this is not my definition of hatred. This is not, uh, you know, the, uh, the government's definition of hatred. This is a definition of hatred that is entrenched in law as established by the Supreme Court, that we are codifying. It talks about detestation and vilification. It does not cover things that are insulting, hurtful, or offensive, expressions of disdain or dislike. That awful but lawful stuff remains awful but lawful. That will remain as part of public discourse. And also importantly, I just want to emphasize this, this doesn't cover private communication. It doesn't cover individual emails or encrypted uh, messages. That is not the subject of this legislation. Okay, so then can you be very clear about what is the subject then? What would be covered under this? So what's, what's critical is when you're sort of engaging in a public forum. Uh, so if there's a website, for example, that doesn't, have, uh, that doesn't host user-generated content, that website is excluded. Something like Twitter and Facebook, obviously included. Instagram, obviously included. It's going to also include things like uh, live, uh, live uh, streaming services and as well uh, adult content sites, which include a lot, uh, pornographic content. And it's very important that we address those platforms that are having user-generated content because what we want to ensure is a safe experience. I mean, the basic idea that I would put to you is that, you know, I'm a parent, there's parents right around the country that are raising their kids. We teach them basic things like how to cross the street, but at the same time, it's not just looking left and looking right. We understand that there are rules of the road. There are stoplights and there are speed limits. Right now, we're trying to do the same with the Internet. We're trying to empower our kids to be responsible and, and careful online, but we need to also have some safety and sense of peace of mind. There are rules for the online space. We don't have those rules, and the rules that are there are very sporadic and inconsistent. You're changing that with this legislation. Are That's we, critical. Are we doing this in conjunction? As you said, there are other countries that are trying this. Is that critical to this, making sure that other countries are also going to try to help get the attention of these big social media companies? Well, I think it's important that there's an emerging consensus among Western democracy. There's no doubt. So as I said, France, Ireland, Australia, uh, Britain, Germany have already moved in this regard. And what's really important is that you know, people have said to me, uh, whether they're in Vancouver or otherwise, well, it took you a long time to get to this point. And they're right, it did. It took about three and a half years. But that's because we really looked hard at what we thought we would do, which is identify harmful content and say, take it all down within 24 hours. And we looked at how that landed in Germany, how that landed in France. It didn't land well because there was overbreath and too much material coming out of 
public discourse and there were constitutional problems. I am the Minister of Justice, duty-bound to protect that freedom of speech that is entrenched in our charter. I will always do so. So we recalibrated, we altered the model to look at things that are specious and pernicious that have no place in Canadian society, the child pornography issues like uh, in the non-consensual revenge porn, and secondly, looking at a different category of material that we feel is harmful, but we need to work at the platforms for how to mitigate those risks how to reduce those risks. So certainly we're looking at foreign jurisdictions, we're learning from them, and we're implementing what I feel is a very careful approach, a very measured approach, a very appropriate response to how to, uh, to, how to enter into this area. Well, Minister Varani, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you very much for having me. That is Arif Farani, Minister of Justice and the Attorney General of Canada, talking about the Online Harms Act. Liberal government is bringing this in. Listen, if it works, great. Question's always going to be in the details, right? Can we make this work? Can it make children safer so that, uh, like Amanda Todd and like Retea Parsons, that they don't suffer harms of what happens to them online? If you want to weigh in, simi at cknw.com. There'll be a lot of discussion about this. It's going to be about how they define that harm. How easy will it be for parents and children to say, this is happening to me and it needs to stop, and then as a result, something changes. Uh, can they do that? Other countries are trying. We will see. Canada's going to try too. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.